Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today we go behind the headlines on the big story of the week, the indictment of Missouri Governor Eric Greitens. A grand jury has charged him with felony invasion of privacy in connection with his admitted adulterous affair in 2015. The indictment's apparently based on a non-consensual photo taken of his partially nude partner. Joining me in studio is political reporter Joe Manis and also reporter Rachel Lipman. Thank you both so much for being with me. It's a pleasure as always, Don. Yeah, Ra- thanks. Rachel, I'll start with you while Joe catches her breath. <laughs> uh, th- it seems pretty clear that a couple of things have happened here. Number one, that there is a photo that exists that was not erased by Governor Greitens. That's why uh, the indictment came down. That's what people are speculating. I want to, I want to caution that. Speculate, or, yeah. Or that the woman has come forward. What are you hearing? Well, I talked to a couple of legal experts today, and what one of them told me is that, yes, this indicates to him that the uh, woman did cooperate. Obviously, we don't know what the evidence is for the grand jury, but going forward, the, the standard of proof for a grand jury is a lot lower than it would be for a trial. And he suspects that going forward, it's going to depend on the woman in this affair coming forward and being willing to testify and make her name and and public for the first time through this entire thing. She has strongly resisted commenting through this entire event um, other than I, I don't even know if she has confirmed that they had the affair. Joe, you would kind of know this better than I yeah, would. Yeah, because but... I dealt with her lawyers. She's sort of, I mean, indirectly. Okay. I and mean, basically, you know, her lawyers are saying she doesn't want to talk about this and that she was upset that this had become public. But they did not deny anything. Okay. Let's put that way. Okay. So that is that is sort of one indication. And the, the idea that there is a, a photo out there, it's, again, speculation sounds like they have to have evidence that a photo was taken beyond the ex-husband's recording of the conversation with his ex-wife. That's, you know, crucial to note here that when it gets to trial level – they are going to need to have more evidence than this recorded conversation that the ex-husband had with the ex-wife. Another thing that uh, that we know is that the indictment is a, cla- it's a, a class D felony that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. That's it's a, a, a low level class, uh, low uh, level felony. Yes, so low level that many lawyers that I've heard on television and on the radio say that he is not likely to do any jail time if he is convicted because uh, it would be a first offense. Again, that's something that a jury would have to decide or a judge, if he chooses to go with a, a judge trial, would have to decide. It is a it is a first offense um, a, a, that we know of. Let's put it th- that way. Um, I, I am assuming it is it is a first offense. There may be other offenses that, that come out of this. Again, we don't know. This is all speculation. And I haven't had a chance yet to, to look up what the punishment for this low-level felony would be. But, yes, it's entirely possible that he, you know, gets probation, a slap on the wrist, no kind of actual jail time. I think just the act of the indictment, though, is going to have some repercussions. And Joe will certainly address that. The two words we're hearing right away, Joe, are impeachment and resignation. Well, I'm not sure if it's going to get to impeachment. I mean, because... Um, That could take a lot longer. And from what I'm hearing from a number of people I talked to this morning, especially on the Republican side, they don't want to wait that long. I mean, two things are going on here. One, some of the major Republicans who have not been uh, saying that much are now becoming actively involved. And I'm thinking um, in the Senate, Mike Mike Kehoe, which is the number two He's the number two Republican. 
And I'm hearing that Kehoe is kind of is going to be leading this drive to uh, persuade the governor to step down. There's also a bunch of the Republican women. Um, I was told this morning that a bunch of the Republican women, who, by the way, were instrumental in forcing out House Speaker John Deal a couple years mm-hmm. ago, apparently they're going to be doing something uh, on Monday. That's what I'm hearing. Now, I'm not, but uh, and uh, but. I'm told that they want to have their voices heard because they just feel like this, if this keeps going on, I mean, that they um, want to see um, action either. I, I'm not sure if they're ready to call for a resignation or what, but, but a bunch of the Republican women are supposed to come forward on Monday. What we know of his personality, resignation, doesn't sound like it would necessarily be likely. No, I don't think so. I think yeah. he's going to fight it. I mean, one of the problems for him is the fact that, frankly, and he doesn't have any friends in Jeff City. I mean, forgetting the Democrats, but he has alienated most of the Republican lawmakers in the state. And rightly or wrongly, he has. And, um, you know, he's called them names. He's had his his nonprofit run ads against some of them. The result is it's kind of like, you know, you got to have friends, as the song mm-hmm. says. And now that he's under fire... Many of the influential lawmakers are not interested in cutting him any slack. And the House Speaker, uh, Todd Richardson, who has been very quiet on this and has a very stellar reputation, uh, Richardson indicated last night that he is going to convene some sort of review body. It's unclear if it's going to be a real committee or if it'll just be a group of lawmakers. But see, even if it's just a group, if it's not formal, I think the idea may be to then tell the governor, you got to go. Yeah. Rachel? Uh, and I, I want to note, too, that the statement that Richardson had also came out with the two other Republican leaders. The time was the top three Republicans. And, Joe, I'm wondering, though, if, if this sort of like would play out in the opposite way that people think it will, that the governor is going to sit there and say, I didn't need them anyway to do what I want to do. And the fact that he doesn't have friends, as you put it, in the legislature makes him more likely to just be like, they're pissed at me because I'm trying to shake up the status quo and I'm going to ride out these calls for resignation. Does this have sort of the reverse effect of what people are hoping it will have? Well, he's hoping to – I mean the perception is that he's hoping to appeal to his to the Republican base. But frankly, it's unclear if the Republican base is that much with him. I mean, many of the governor's original supporters uh, I know from locally were a number of social conservatives, uh, key social conservatives. They haven't said anything, but this is the type of stuff that would rather bother them. And I think so it's kind of to see what plays out over the next few days, what he's hearing. I mean, because this wasn't the circuit attorney, Kim Gartner, just deciding, oh, well, I'm going to issue an indictment. This was a grand jury, no. which which that is that fact is being heard in Jeff City. And so the issue among fellow Republicans is that they want to string this out over months when they're facing, you know, elections this fall. And the Republicans have super majorities in both chambers. So I had two legislators tell me this morning, they said, you know, we don't need him. I mean, that's that's what one of them said. That's true. I mean, because if if I'm remembering correctly, Missouri, Joe, um, bills can take effect even without the signature of the governor. Like he has to act to to send them back. Yeah. Yes. He has a certain uh, time. If he doesn't sign something, it becomes law without a signature. He, He has resigned from the Republican Governors Association. Does that tell us anything? He seemed to indicate yesterday that he can continue on while all of this was unfolding uh, unimpeded. Well, that's interesting. I knew he was supposed to appear there this weekend, Mm -hmm. and he's 
he's announced he's I mean he has said he's not going to show up. I think I think he may get some pressure from other uh, high level people. A couple of his key aides are very close to Nick Ayers, who is the chief of staff to um, uh, Vice President Mike Pence. Ayers also had been a consultant during um, uh, Greitens' campaign. So you've got White House connections, which helped him when times are good. Now that's not necessarily that helpful. All right. Uh, well, he's, uh, he's certainly in a whole world of trouble. There's no question about that. He's, he is charging that this is political. Is there any chance in the world that Kim Gardner would do this uh, on a political basis? Well, I don't think so. But see, but here's the thing. As I said, this wasn't her. This mm-hmm. was the grand jury. And, um, and she's gotten some compliments as far as having, you know, some prominent uh, – either conservative Democrats or Republicans who were on her staff or some of the investigators involved. So while he's pointing at her, um, you've got some who are saying, well, look, this was a grand jury. That's a little different. On the flip side, too, you could make the argument, though, that, yes, a grand jury makes the charges, but it's still up to the prosecutor to make the decision to bring those charges to the grand jury. So there could be... You know, one way or the other, you could advance an argument that that alone to open the investigation and then take the charges to the grand jury to ask for the indictment was a political decision. But Joe is right in that, you know, the grand jury, the grand jury's decision wasn't necessarily political. The, The backside of that decision, the decision to even go to the grand jury. One could make an argument and advance an argument that that had a political dimension to I've it. Been, I've been corrected, by the way. He's resigned his leadership post from the Correct. governor's association, not from the association. Yeah, that's altogether. what I thought. But I mean, you know, regardless, okay, you look at just the politics of this. Every major newspaper in the state had his mugshot in the front page this morning. And that is Every major website did, too. Yeah, and, and, may- hey, on papers across the country as well. Yes, mm-hmm. and on websites, including ours. So- for other Republicans in Jeff City, who I say, many of them weren't that close to him anyway for various reasons, um, are like, oh, do we need this? And because, see, and here's the thing. Lieutenant Governor Mike Parsons is is a former state senator and very popular with the rank and file there in Jeff City. So there's that climate. It's not like they're facing, let's say, a Democrat. You know, I mean, if this was a case where you had a Democrat as lieutenant governor, things might be playing out a little differently. But you don't. You've got somebody that his Mike Parson is probably one of the most popular figures in Jeff City. He's, you know, got a very... He's known as a really nice guy, yada, yada, yada. So you've got a lot of lawmakers who are like, well. Well, as they say in radio, stay tuned. Because (laughs) we'll be hearing a lot more about this, obviously. Thank you so much, Rachel Lippman and uh, Joe Manis, for being with us. What an interesting time. And great job, Rachel, yesterday by you. Thank you, you, Don. We appreciate that. And Joe as well. (laughs) She worked the proverbial buns off yesterday. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.